Welcome to another episode of Facts, so to speak. We're going to do something a little different because a part of Facts is also looking at that acronym. The very last letter of the acronym is S, and that's scripture. So as much as we like talking about manuscripts and looking at different avenues of archaeology and its discoveries and talking about canon and apocryphal books, things like that, there's also times where we want to talk about scripture. Uh, recently, I was on social media and I saw a video playing and I followed that video all the way back to uh, Twitter and that Twitter page played these videos. And I saw a clip of a guy who has been in prison for a while now and he needs to stay there for a lot more. Uh, he was a part of pedophilia, meeting up with minors, uh, a part of that whole Jack Hiles nonsense. And uh, part of me saw a clip of his from a sermon a while ago, which I'm going to pull that sermon clip up and I'm going to play it for you. And then I want to do some explaining Many people because I think there's worried a couple about, things that uh, said. So here's the sermon uh, and we'll, I'll play, it's literally less than two minutes, but I want to explain some things that are said there because I think there's two extremes and at Explain International, we have a perspective and I'm going to tell you why his is an extremist view that needs to be rejected. At the same time, I'm going to tell you there are parts of scripture that we don't need to ignore as well. So I'm going to go ahead and play the video, tune into this and tell me what you think. I'll take all comments and things that you want to put in this plague. And uh, we'll go ahead and play this real quick. Uh, 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 somebody the other day asked me, they, uh, this, this reporter, he said, um, I heard that you, um, you wouldn't, that it'd be a cold day in hell before you get your theology from a woman. He says, don't you kind of think that's demeaning to the genders? I says, ask Adam what he thought about getting his theology from a woman. I said, it damned the whole world. I said, the reason your soul, sorry, soul's going to hell is because a woman told Adam what God thinks about things. He says, you're pretty strong about what you believe. I said, not half as strong as what God knows you ought to believe. I wouldn't get my theology from a woman. I don't mind if mama teaches the kids. I don't mind if a strong lady and a wise woman and a gracious, godly woman uh, follows the, takes the lesson from the pastor. Hey, oh, you listen to me right now? I still believe it'd be a cold day in hell before I get my theology from a woman. I'm a preacher. I, I wasn't mama called, papa sent. No woman ever got me involved in the ministry. I didn't follow a woman in the ministry. A woman didn't write this book. Not one woman wrote the scriptures right here. A man wrote the Bible, got it from God. A man hung on the cross. His name is Jesus Christ. And God called a man to lead the church here. Hey, I'm glad I'm a man. So many of you got nervous. Saw the preacher on the news. Praise the Lord. The word of God is being quoted. More than some of you are doing about getting the word of God out. I don't care about being politically correct. I don't care who had hair lips. I don't care if it bothers everybody from the White House or old man sitting in the outhouse. I want to know what's going on in the church house, and I'm the messenger of the church, and what I say is more important than what the news reporter thinks I ought to say. God didn't call him to tell me what to do, and God didn't call anybody else either. You know, if that's arrogant, so be it. The, the, the problem is it's the truth in the scriptures here. Well, the problem is there's it's not a truth in the scripture. Uh, and it's it's funny listening to him now that we've seen his true colors. He obviously has a problem with women to some level, but on, and naturally, uh, he was arrested for meeting <clears throat> younger underage girls over uh, state lines and having sexual relations with them, and he sexually abused people, and that whole movement was full of nonsense. 
So, I mean, honestly, outside of those problems where he's behind bars and needs to be there for a lot longer, uh, outside of that problem there, there was so much said that in a two-minute video we showed you, we literally spend two hours unpacking the ridiculousness of it. But there's a couple of fallacies that I want to bring up, and, um, and, and I want to balance this out if I can, uh, because this is an important thing that he said. One of the things that he brought up is the fact that he does not get his theology from a woman and it'd be a cold day in hell if he did. And his reasoning behind it was astonishing. Uh, he used the narrative of Adam and Eve and that the whole world is damned and your poor wretched soul is on its way to hell because a woman gave man theology and man listened to a woman's theology. Just, just one problem with that. Theology is based on what God says about himself, what God reveals about himself. It is the nature of God, the experience of God in his revelation. Now, what we know of in scripture of single commandment given to Adam and Eve was not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That, that was the commission right there, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, Eve was deceived by the serpent, but the revelation of God, now, no doubt, Adam and, and the Lord spoke often in the cool of the day, in the garden, but when it came to the subject of what did God say, what did God reveal about himself that we see in the Genesis narrative was simple. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So by Eve coming over to Adam, as scripture says in Genesis 3, after she saw the fruit was good and she was compelled to it, she was deceived by that serpent, it says, when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband and he ate. There was no teaching, no instruction, there she took the fruit that she was deceived into eating, gave it to her husband, and in giving it to her husband, he ate. Nowhere does it say she taught him theology there. The only theology Adam needed to know about that fruit, God had already said, do not eat. He ate out of disobedience, willful disobedience to God. The revelation given him the theology given to him was do not eat. His wife could have said everything in the world. At the end of the day, he willfully disobeyed. In fact, it is by Adam that sin entered into the world. Paul taught that theology in Romans. For by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed to all men for all sin. It was Adam who brought the curse into the world. And here, Jack is producing this concept of your poor wretched soul is on its way to hell because a woman gave theology to Adam and sin happened as if he was some deceived person by what Eve said to him when actually scripture doesn't record her saying anything to him. It simply said that she gave him of the fruit he ate with her and their eyes were open. That's it. That's the narrative. There's no theology that she gave him. There's no teaching that she gave him. Simply put, she was deceived. He willfully disobeyed. He brought sin into the world. If you die today and you go to uh, the place of destruction and judgment in hell, 
it's not Eve that brought that sin into the world. Theologically, it's Adam. So Jack's theology was way off there. The second thing that's disturbing in his comment is that he said that he would never receive his theology from a woman. And his reason in the last words of that video were based on the fact that he said, this is what the Bible teaches. Well, actually, there was quite a bit of theology given by women from Old to New Testament. Just a couple examples. When the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, Miriam is referred to as a prophetess, and she sang a song, wrote a song that was included in the Torah. It was sung. It was recorded. She was the author behind its words. She may not have penned it. We believe Moses did, but he penned the words that originated from the mind and the movement of God for her to speak and sing them that the children of Israel also sang. And he recorded what she said as a prophetess. Judges 4.4, we see Deborah. She was a prophetess and a judge. When the cowards of men were hiding, she went and said, hey, didn't God call you to go out and fight these people? She came with boldness. She came with faith. Though God didn't call her to lead the army that way, she did rule as a judge, and she did use her office of judge to declare what the Lord said to people. 2 Kings 22 and verse 14 speaks of somebody named Huldah and uh, another prophetess. How about Luke 2, 36? coming to Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus when he was going into the temple to be circumcised. What? She's a prophetess waiting for redemption. Speaking of the redemption that was right in front of her through Jesus, the hope of Israel. So we see other places, and I want to focus on two other passages that disprove this idea. Now, before I touch on those passages of scripture, I'm going to mention something that I want to say. Uh, as it relates to this subject, <clears throat> we had to explain international are complementarians. We believe that the office of elder is reserved for qualified men. Um, so let me make a statement of what that is. We believe it's not an issue of gender. It's not an issue of ability. It is actually an issue of design. God designed male and female differently, and their roles are distinct. In a culture that we live in today where we're trying to bring equality, um, I'm all for it. There is no difference between male and female. The gospel has set us both. We are all equal in that sense. Uh, but what we have done in our society is we have conflated equality with function. Um. Guys can't birth children. God didn't design it that way. God did not create man to be, thank goodness for that. All the guys in the audience are amening. God did not design us, equip us to produce children in that way. Um, it is not our function. It is not our role. Uh, God created leadership within the home. We see this in Ephesians 5. We see this in Colossians that as uh, Christ is the head of the home. He is the head. And that the leader in that home that God has placed for directional leadership, spiritual leadership, comes from a father and a husband. And equally in importance, 
the wife and the mother are functioning as joint heirs with the husband and father of the grace of life to produce godly offspring and to build a home that preaches the gospel to the unsaved world through that marriage, through that covenant, through that unity. But the function of the male and the female in the home are not the same. The function in the church are not the same. So we believe, scripturally speaking, the Bible is explicit that the role of an elder are called and qualified men for the position of leading the church. It is found in Titus. It is found in 1 Timothy 3. We believe that the quality, uh, the qualification is based on God's design for humanity. But what we don't believe that means is women cannot have a role or even leadership in the church. Uh, we do not believe that. Um, women are phenomenal teachers. Uh, and I believe God has equipped women to teach. I think within a certain context, that is consistent with the New Testament scriptures. Um, I think that there's a lot of latitude in how that looks based on each congregation. But when we're talking about the office of elder and bishop, there has never been a time in church history or in the scriptural mandates where you see a woman usurp that role. In fact, I want to read a few comments. So Jack is a, a uh, the guy we just watched. If you haven't seen the clip, you can go back and watch the beginning of this video. But Jack has gone out into an extreme. But there's other extremes too, where it's just like, well, equality. And because our society is demanding this equality. And again, I'm not against or oppose the fact that men and women are equal in Jesus. There is no difference, Jew nor Greek, male nor female, free or bound. All are one in Christ. We understand that. But functionally in the church, God designed the leadership position of elder and bishop to be given to males who are qualified. Now hear me, they're not just men are qualified. Many, many men are disqualified for the office. That's something that's not touched on on the other end of the argument is, well, only men are qualified. Wrong. Qualified men are qualified. There are multitudes of men who cannot and will not fit the description of God's standard for elder and bishop in the church. Read the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Numerous, numerous of those qualifications eliminate and disqualify men. So the office of bishop and elder is not just a position for men. It's a position for qualified men by God's standard. So we need to realize that the actual group that's qualified to lead a church is very slim. It's certainly not the guy that we just watched the video on who is sexually abusing young girls in the church. That's for sure. But I won't go on that rabbit trail. I'll be nice. Okay, so going into these statements, I want to read a few church quotes because this idea that, well, women can be elders because that's the way it was all the time in the New Testament, historical. There's people making entire master's thesis and doctoral works trying to prove this to be the case. It, it was never the case. It was never the case in any part of early church where the office of bishop or elder was held by women. In fact, I'll read uh, some of these for you. In the Council of Nicaea, it's, they, they stated this, similarly in regards to the deaconesses. Now, what you'll find in church history, deaconesses were a legitimate place. Women were deaconesses. Uh, we see that similar phrase used in Romans about Phoebe. Um, it seems like there was an office. 
and they tell you a little bit about what they did. But remember, the 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 deacon position uh, today in a lot of churches has been made out to be that of equality to an eldership, and it's not. They're they're servant leaders, is what the deacons were. They were serving and aiding the physical needs of the church while the elders maintain the spiritual needs in equipping. But similarly, it says at the Council of Nicaea, in regard to the deaconesses, as with all who are enrolled in the register, the same pr uh, procedure is to be observed. We have made mention of the deaconesses who have been enrolled in this position, although not having in any ordained, they are certainly to be numbered among the laity. So he recognizes that there were women uh, that are in the church as leaders and deaconesses, but they were not given the office of ordination, referring to the bishops and the uh, eldership. Also, the Council of Laodicea, it says this, the so-called presbyteresses, the women uh, elders, or uh, are, are not to be ordained in the church. So apparently this came up as well around 360 AD, which is when the Council of Laodicea extended. Apparently this matter came up at one time because even there was a time where women were being celebrated. Even the Gnostics had an edge to that at the end of the second century into the third. Uh, but thinking about this, they said, look, they are not to be ordained in the church. That office is reserved uh, for male leadership that's qualified. Epiphanius of Salamis said, it is true that in the church, there's an order of deaconesses, uh, not for being a priestess. Now, remember, they referred to priest as the the pastor, the leader, the, the elder, if you would, nor for any kind of work of administration for the sake of the dignity of the female sex, either at the time of baptism or the examining of the sick or the suffering so that the naked body of females may not be seen by men administering sacred rites, but by the deaconess. So here's what the um, Epiphanius is saying. Look, the, the women are not to be ordained as elders or as priestesses there. Rather, they have deaconesses in place to help the elders so that if there's a sick woman and she has to be exposed physically on her body, uh, the man wouldn't see her nakedness or in baptism covering her body. Women were helping in regards to these situations. Uh, later, he says this, from the Bishop James the Just and the Just Name Apostles, the succession of bishops and presbyters is in the house of God has been established. Never was a woman called to these. He's saying nowhere in our tradition of the apostles was a woman called to these or ordinations. According to the evidence of scripture, there were, to be sure, the four daughters of the evangelist Philip who engaged in prophecy, more prophetesses. Now notice, he's not dismissing their role or importance in church. He particularly picks out the four daughters of Philip from Acts to demonstrate the fact that there is a necessity for women with a speaking voice in the church but not under the administrative office of elders and bishops. But by deaconesses, and at the time of the early apostles, there were prophetesses such as the women like Philip's daughters. He says on, if women were to be charged by God with entering the priesthood or by assuming ecclesiastical office, then in the new covenant, it would be uh, devolved upon no one more than Mary, being the mother of Jesus, to fulfill a priestly function. She was invested with so great an honor as to be allowed to provide the dwelling in her womb, the heavenly God and King of all things, the Son of God. But he did not find this, the conferring of priesthood on her, good. Meaning, he said, all right, so if there's a woman that's qualified to be an elder or a bishop, 
it's Mary, the mother of Jesus, because of her activity and her function in the world with bringing the son of God into creation. So with that being said, he said she would be the only one qualified, but even then her ordinance was not under that qualification. Just uh, John Chrysostom, when one is required to preside over the church and to be entrusted with the care of so many souls, the whole female sex must retire before the magnitude of the task. And the majority of men also do not miss what John Chrysostom said. He said, when it comes to the function of entrusting the care of the souls, the leaders, the bishops, the elders, the whole female sex must retire before this magnitude of a task. And as I stated, the majority of men also, and we must bring forward those who are at large extend, surpass all others and soars much above them in excellence of the spirit of Saul overtop the Hebrew nation and bodily stature. Last one, apostolic constitutions. A deaconess does not bless, but neither does she perform anything that is done by the presbyters and deacons. But she guards the door and greatly assists the presbyters for the sake of decorum when they are baptizing women. Again, same function. These are apostolic constitutions. These are the early church councils. Nicaea, you're talking about early church fathers. You're talking about John Chrysostom. You, they all say the same thing. The tradition of the apostles is clear. There were prophetesses and deaconesses, but there were no elders that were women. That was reserved. And John, I mean, they went so far as to say, look, if somebody's qualified, it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And even she wasn't qualified for that task, even with her importance of bringing the Son of God into the world. So biblically and historically, the role of elder was reserved for just qualified men. As John Chrysostom said, the majority of men disqualified. The whole female sect disqualified for the magnitude of the task because it wasn't a part of God's function for them to be there. Now, on the turn of that, they do have an important role in the church. And I'm going to show you two examples in scripture, particularly where women do have a voice in the church. This is where Jack giving this video is absolutely disturbing. He said that he it would be a cold day in hell before he gets his theology from a woman. But then he goes on to says he's fine with mamas teaching kids. Okay, I've, I've always been enamored by that. Like, so... Um, when you're talking about people who raise their children in theology, most children who grew up in Christian homes were nurtured in theology, not just by the father, but by the mother. I mean, a perfect example is Samuel, who became one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. He was trained and educated under a nurturing and loving mother. Jesus himself was trained by his mother in the truth. Mary was theologically sound. Did anybody read her prayer and song unto the Lord after she received the message of the conception in the gospel of Luke? I mean, when we look at scripture, mothers are investing theology into future leaders. I, this is astonishing where it's like, it'll be a cold day in hell before I get my theology from a woman, probably from a guy whose mother taught him theology. Now, listen, again, I, I'm trying to balance this out for us because we at, at Explain do believe in a complementarian view. We do believe that the elder role is reserved for women, but we do not believe that women are not allowed to speak, teach, or be involved in church. And we see numerous examples, and, and I listed numerous women who had prophetesses 
as their symbol as lo- and along with the four daughters of Philip. But they were not con- they were not preaching and teaching and leading by administration the congregation in its gatherings. They were aiding in many facets of the church. Here's the problem as well. We in our country today have forced church to mean one simple thing. The gathering on Sunday morning only. I'm sorry, that's not the New Testament church. They were being the church everywhere they went. They had a gathering on Sunday, but that wasn't their only function. They were meeting in houses. They were meeting together, breaking bread from house to house throughout the week. They were going and meeting the needs of the poor. They were going and meeting the needs of the sick. They were going out and aiding into the attempts of helping the apostles and the leaders and the elders. They were helping in baptisms. They were helping in distributing the needs of financial and physical helps. They were involved in more ways than just Sunday. There is no doubt within the framework of scripture and history that in the gathering session of leading the church in its direction and in teaching their people publicly from that gathering, the qualified elders and bishops did the teaching, leading, and administration. But there is absolutely no doubt in addition to that, women were carrying out the same responsibilities from that throughout the week to God's people ministering in the church, which also involved teaching. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's start at the very beginning of when Jesus resurrected from the dead. Luke chapter 24, in the very story of the resurrection, the women came to the tomb. Now, I've heard this verse used to defend women preachers too, in the sense of women uh, elders. And he's not ordaining elders here. He's carrying out information, but he does have some theology for him to share with others. On that first day of the week, these women came to the tomb. Mary Magdalene, they're coming. They're going to anoint the body of Jesus because he was buried so quickly they didn't get a chance to do that. And they go through this exercise with the angel. And Mark records this, and so does Matthew. But they're given responsibility, and they're told to do something. It says in verse number 6, he is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise from the dead. They remembered his words and returned from the tomb and reported all the things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now these women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles, but the words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe the women. So here's instructions from the angel. Hey, here's some theology. He is not here. He is risen. Now, I don't know about you. That is probably, probably the greatest theology you could pull from the scriptural narratives. There's a lot of good theology in scripture, but the phrase He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, go and tell the apostles, go tell the other 11. Now at that point, Jesus was not limited, nor were his angelical messengers limited to wide openly appear into a closed door room and say, Jesus is risen. You need to go meet him in Galilee. Why did he send women to do it? Why, why didn't he just send an angel straight to the eleven? In fact, he told the women to carry the greatest theological message you could find in the old world. The the tomb is empty. He's not here. He is risen just as he said. They come to the 11. Hey, you're not going to believe this. The tomb's empty. Talk to an angel. 
He said, Jesus isn't here. He's risen. And they laughed it off and did not believe. Now, Jack wants to use the argument of, well, the whole world is condemned because, because of uh, Eve, when actually Romans says one man brought sin into the world, and Adam willfully disobeyed. And here, women have true theology directly revealed to them by an angel of the Lord and by Jesus himself after they go back to the tomb. And so they come back and say, hey, uh, he's not here, he's risen. The angel told us it's exactly like he said. And they were like, oh, okay, all right, sure, sure, sure. And they were rebuked later for not believing the report of the women. Now, again, I do not believe that this passage is teaching women can be elders because they were the first messengers. What it is teaching is women have a voice in the gospel. They have a voice in the resurrection and they have a purpose when it comes to sharing that message, even with men. This idea that women are to go to church and put a zipper over their lip is nonsense. God instructed angels to tell women to tell the men, not the, why didn't he just send messengers to appear to the men? Jesus shows up and appears to him anyway. Why not have just done that? And then he rebukes him for not believing the theological truth that he had risen because Jesus said he would. The angels showed proof he was. So they had an apologetic. They had a theological claim in advance and they saw it with their own eyes and they reported it and they no one believed them. So in order to combat Jack's bad theology, boy, the apostles would have caught on a lot quicker had they listened to the theology of women. One more passage, and I won't spend too much time going into this, is in the book of Acts. We see a husband and a wife, and I know that's a combination, and I'm totally fine with it. People say, well, she did it with her husband. That's fine. But she taught a man, a man who is mighty in the scriptures, who only knew to the baptism of John. His name was Apollos. And he met these wonderful people, this awesome duo couple named Aquila and Priscilla. And in this text of scripture, we see these words, and he began speaking boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately to him. Now, you can sit here and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She did it with her husband. Great, fine but she taught a man theology. Catch it. They took him aside and they explained the way of God more accurately. She helped correct the theology of a man. It was done right, probably in the right heart and, and, and attitude, knowing Aquila and Priscilla's reputation by Paul and others. They did it on the side. They didn't publicly humiliate him and say, you're a joke, your theology stinks. No, they pulled him aside as a, a good couple would, and they spoke life into him, spoke life into his theology. She helped equip one of the great teachers of the church and helped accurately portray a better theology of Christ. And what was the result of being instructed by a woman? Here it is. 
And when he wanted, so catch this. And they took him aside and explained the way of God miraculously. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him, wrote to the disciples, welcomed him. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Good theology. Where did he get that from? He got it from a man and a woman who taught him better theology. So if we follow Jack, who again, from his prison cell, probably isn't watching this right now. If we follow his mindset, we have to do this. All right. So um, it'll be a cold day in hell before a woman teaches me theology. Well, I'm glad Apollos didn't have that attitude. I'm glad the apostles didn't have that attitude. Even though they laughed it off, they realized they were wrong. I'm glad for all the women in scripture that God used to carry out his message. I'm thankful that there's prophetesses in the scripture, both Old and New Testament, as we listed. I will say, with that being said, as I stated before, I do believe that the role of bishop and elder are reserved for qualified men. Most of men are disqualified from this role and all of women are because it's not a part of God's design and function. But there are functions of women in the church. We see evidence of it as we've been talking about this entire time. All right, so there's a couple of comments. It's good to see bad preacher clips is in the comments because he's the one that actually posted that. I believe it was on Twitter. Somebody shared it on a Facebook page, took me to that page. Um, so, uh, glad bad preacher clips showed up. Uh, perhaps he could share this video in the comments, that video, because honestly, I couldn't find it after I, I lost it. A uh, couple things. Uh, I'll read a few comments. I've got just a few minutes here. Um, it says, it seems like there's some patristic support for the argument that men are indeed the superior sex. And now listen, Thomas, uh, there's no doubt that the, the, um, historical look shows superiority of the male race. Absolutely no doubt about it. We also see where that's not the case too. Uh, these arguments were debated far more than we think they were. Uh, obviously, that's why uh, at certain councils are like, well, look, the ordination can't go to uh, these priestesses or these presbytery, uh, these presbyters that are women. We, we can't give them ordination. Obviously, churches were doing that. So, there was a rebuke about it from the apostolic churches, but there was no doubt there's going to be bias towards, uh, I mean, you see in church history, bias towards rich people and popular people versus unpopular and poor. Um, we see even defenses of slavery from some, that doesn't diminish the fact that the, the church fathers as a whole held a apostolic tradition about the office. Now, if they chose to be a little bit more, you know, bigotry about it, then you know, that's true in history, but not all were that way. In fact, many of them valued the opinion and helps of women uh, all through the church uh, ages and spoke highly of them, and especially the scripture itself. So uh, thank you for that comment. He says, um, it looks like uh, Slam RN. Jack Schaap was a pastor in him in Indiana who took an underage girl from Indiana, both Illinois and Michigan. For naughty, he violated the Men Act. Is that ironic? It is ironic. That's the whole point. The dude's a joke. And uh, and uh, part of that whole Jack Kyle's movement, which was a joke. Also, you added the fact that Susanna Wesley and the Wesley Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, John Wesley, Charles Wesley were greatly impacted by the instruction and the teaching of their mother, Spurgeon, 
was instructed and praised his mother for teaching. Listen, we can go on and on in history with this. Um, so uh, somebody must have just jumped on. Can a man get a theology from a woman? What's the conclusion? Conclusion is yes. Uh, men can get their theology from women. Uh, we showed examples of that just in a few examples. There were many more. But the issue is not about can men learn from women in theology. The issue is can women hold the office of bishop or elder? That was the discussion. So we're trying to balance this out. Women can teach. Women were prophetesses. Women were deaconesses. There were multiple examples of women teaching and instructing as we gave. But at the same time, there was clearly a reserved office for men that were qualified by God's standard. And as John Chrysostom said, not all men, in fact, most men are disqualified. So it's not a male thing. It's a qualified thing. Uh, it's not an issue of equality. It's not an issue of importance. Women functioned very actively in the New Testament church. We see example after example of this very thing. Uh, bad preachers clips. It's funny how Shap said he'd never get a theology from one, but his father-in-law, Jack Hiles, gave Gail Ripplinger an honorary doctorate on her King James Only Theology. Yeah, which is an absolute joke. Gail Ripplinger as actually makes women look bad in their theology. Now, there are some sharp women out there doing good theological work today. Um, Gail Ripplinger is on the bottom of the list. Uh, ever since she did a uh, phone call kind of debate discussion with James White. She has kind of hid her face from the whole entire world of theology from anybody that's able to oppose her because her view of the King James is atrocious. Uh, her book has been debunked so many times. I can't believe it's legal to still sell it. Uh, see if there's any more comments in here. Again, I don't want to take too much time. Um, let's see. Yeah, you guys are talking amongst yourselves. I see that. It says, uh, I wonder if Jack has a woman chaplain in there. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be ironic? Um, it's great uh, to think about uh, the fact that justice was served because a lot of people who grow up in church experience these kinds of things and, and justice is still waiting for them. Uh, it's I'm thankful that he was caught and I'm thankful that things were um, dealt with legally and, and justice was served. Uh, men and women simply have different roles. Men were the warriors, defenders of the family. Women are raising, nurturing kids. It is, and again, we're, we're not exactly uh, talking about their importance or even their roles. And that's what I said. The issue isn't gender, it's roles. God's designed for men and women, and I believe he knows what's best, and he designed things to be a certain way. Again, I'm so thankful God didn't design men to have children because we're wimps, and uh, we can't handle the common cold, much less giving birth to a child. So with that being said, uh, Sam Jones, I wouldn't take my theology from Jack Shat before his moral issues. Yeah. So I would take my theology from a lot of women way before Jack Shap's theology and hypocrisy to say the, uh, the least. Uh, somebody asked a question about Lydia McGrew. Lydia McGrew does a lot of apologetic work, writing videos. Um, uh, no doubt uh, she is really good at her work. Um, I don't agree with her on everything, but again, she's doing a good job in producing content material. There's no reason to reject it. Um, she's not a preacher though. That's right. Uh, she's not a pastor, uh, as uh, slam RN has pointed out. Um, and so that's what it comes down to, to me is the issue of the elders, uh, versus the positions in the church that allow women to have others. I mean, the Bible talks about 
older women teaching younger women in the church. That's that's teaching theology. I understand that's other women. But what do we do about the fact that Aquila and Priscilla taught Apollos? What do we do about the fact that the women were the messengers of the gospel? These are realities that God used women's voices in the church, but he did not give them the qualification of the office of bishop and public teaching of the congregation. That was reserved for qualified men, as we have said this whole time. All right, there's more comments coming in. I just wanted to take some time to share this, and if you missed it, uh, to answer these issues and also to kind of give you a little bit of an idea of Explain International's position on uh, complementarianism that we are. we I would consider myself a soft complementarian. Uh, I believe that, as I've said this whole time, God used women. He used women in the church, vocally used women and used them theologically and in apologetics. When it comes to the offices, I'm different because I believe the Bible is explicit along with the early church councils, church fathers, and the earliest uh, parts of the church functions. <clears throat> the problem is nobody had this dispute. As much as we do today when women's rights and things like that came into our country here in the U.S., it's really a problem in America more than anywhere else. Although, I, again, I, I realize it's in other countries too, Europe especially. But when it comes to this concept, it's new, very new. I know that a lot of women who are fighting for that position of eldership and wanting it to be held by other women have to rewrite history. They have to rewrite the entire script of scripture and do exegetical backflips and gymnastics in order to make it say that. Um, they have to twist thing. I, I I don't want to do that kind of exegesis. It's not worth it. It's not worth it just to, to make people feel like they're equal. Men and women are equal in the gospel, period. We don't need them to have the role in the office of elder bishop to do that. But at the same time, I recognize that there's extremes where women are treated as second-class Christians in churches. That's not okay, too. We agree with that. We stand against that. We believe that if you don't have women actively involved and vocally in your church, you're an unhealthy church. But we also recognize biblically that if you have women in the role of elder and bishop, it's also an unhealthy church because it's against the scriptural mandate. And it's not an issue of sex. It's an issue of qualification by God's design. And I'll repeat it again, just in case somebody missed it. God disqualifies most men from that office in addition to women. It's not a male-female thing. It's a qualification thing. Thank you for tuning in and checking this out. I wanted to answer this while it was fresh and on my mind. Please like and subscribe to our channel at Explain International. Make sure you catch other shows. Uh, you'll see my work on facts uh, and as well as on its podcast. Uh, you'll also see Santi and his work as he does Finding Truth on his channel, typically on Thursday bringing in debates and discussions and interviews. And he actually brings on a lot uh, better material than half of us do here. Uh, so make sure you like and follow us. Hit that button at the bottom that says subscribe. Make sure you get our notifications. Follow us, like us also on social media, on Facebook and other platforms. Visit our website. You can find other videos as well uh, as finding our articles and blogs as we continue to discuss new subjects uh, at www.explaininternational.com. Uh, also, I see another question in that I, I didn't want to miss this. It just came in. Would you be willing to debate, debate a patriarch over this topic? They are some of yet on YouTube or Sermon Audio. 
Um, I, I know I do a lot of debates. I've backed off on a lot of debates. There's certain debates I don't mind taking. Um, I don't know if this one's honestly, it, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the most important to me, but I'm not opposed to anything. I'm all, I'm willing to, uh, consider anything if, if, if it makes sense, but please follow us, like us, um, and, and hit that subscribe and like button there at the bottom, share this, uh, on your social media. If you, uh, see these posts coming up that were shared and we would be grateful for your support. Uh, you can also, if you're uh, interested in our work, we're very involved in training apologists and church planners across the globe. Uh, currently we have apologists in training from the country of Fiji and the Philippines and Malaysia, Luxembourg, Indonesia. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting so Kenya. Um, and obviously here in the U S we're training guys and girls to uh, follow Christ, defend the faith, to share their faith and to teach it. We're also training church planners in different parts of the world. If you'd like to be a partner and be a part of what we're doing at Explain International, you can find a place to donate on our website at explaininternational.com. Uh, please make sure uh, you subscribe there as well if you're if the Lord leads you to do so. And if you want to, check out Bad Preacher Clips on Twitter, who posted the original video. He deserves the credit for that. So make sure you like and subscribe and follow his work that he posts there for you to find more clips of bad sermons. Thank you very much for joining in. Grace and peace to you. God bless. Have a great week.